Welcome to the Breast of Everything podcast, your trusted resource for breast health information, support, and encouragement. Your host today is Dr. Eric Brown of Comprehensive Breast Care. Welcome. Welcome to the Breast of Everything podcast. I'm your host, Dr. Eric Brown, and I remain pleased and excited to be talking to my friend, my colleague, and a fellow resident with me, Dr. William Stephanie. Dr. Stephanie is a board-certified plastic surgeon. He did an aesthetics fellowship after his plastic surgery fellowship. He does a lot of breast reconstruction, and he and I have worked together for longer than we like to admit. It's been a very, very long time, uh, but it's been great. And, and he and I work together doing a lot of what we talked about on our previous podcast. And now I'd like to kind of move into um, aesthetics as it relates to breast conservation. As I mentioned on our first uh, podcast with Dr. Stephanie, it's really important to us as a breast cancer and breast care providers to really give a good cosmetic outcome. It used to be taboo uh, to be worried about how it looked. Uh, Patients uh, had cancer, we needed to treat the cancer, and the appearance physically was just uh, kind of friendly fire and you had to deal with it. But now uh, things are totally different and it's really incumbent upon us as breast surgeons to really ask our patients the question, what is important to you and what do you want to look like when this surgery and treatment is over? Because the cancer is going to get treated, it's going to get cured. Most women have long lives ahead of them and you get out of the shower every day and you're going to look in the mirror and we want them to be happy with that. As it relates to breast conservation or what's known as lumpectomy or partial mastectomy, One of the most significant issues that we run into as breast surgeons is obtaining clear margins. The margins are the periphery around the tumor that you've removed. There needs to be no tumor going up to the edge. It's always been a battle for us and a frustration when it turns out that microscopically the margins are not clear. So somebody smarter than me one day had the idea that when you think about a plastic surgeon doing a breast reduction, Plastic surgeon's actually doing a lumpectomy. They're just not lumpectoming anything. They're not taking out any cancer. They're just taking out tissue. So along came the birth of what is referred to as oncoplastic surgery. Now, oncoplastic surgery also includes mastectomy and mastectomy-based reconstruction that we talked about previously. But let's talk a little bit, if you will, Bill, about oncoplastic surgery as it relates to lumpectomy. And how have you and I been able to work together uh, to improve cosmesis and in many ways improve our ability to achieve clear margins? So uh, oncoplastic is basically a lumpectomy with a breast reduction or a breast lift. And what does that mean? I mean, what we're doing is you and I get together preoperatively. We decide how we're going to outline how how I'm going to try to keep blood supply to the nipple. And then you can take out as much tissue as you can and even more to get a, a very large specimen. And then I can go back and try to rearrange the tissues, make it so that there's no depressions or divots, let's call them, and, and try to keep the breast mound in shape 
as natural and aesthetically pleasing as we can. So, uh, and then go to the contra, uh, the other breast and make that one smaller and try to match it to the lumpectomized breast. And uh, honestly, it has changed um, this lumpectomy for people because now they, now, as you know, if there's a microscopic tumor or a very small tumor with no lymph nodes and you do a large lumpectomy, we've got to look at the rest of the breast tissue in that cancer breast. Plus, we get to look at the other side and see if there's any precancerous disease in it. And many times, that's the end of the operation, which is fantastic for them. Yeah, absolutely. From uh, an aesthetic standpoint, you really can leave the operating room knowing that you took care of their cancer and you know that they're going to be happy with that result. And like most cancers, the treatment is what we refer to as multidisciplinary. When we map out a treatment plan for somebody, there's a surgical oncologist, a medical oncologist, a radiation oncologist, a pathologist, well, in much the same way, the oncoplastic approach to a lumpectomy is multidisciplinary. The surgical oncologist, the plastic surgeon, the radiologist, the pathologist kind of work as a team to outline what is the best approach for that particular tumor. We kind of divide the oncoplastic procedures into level one and level two. So even a smaller breasted woman that perhaps might not be a candidate for a big reduction type procedure, when we do the lumpectomies without a plastic surgeon, we also do some minor tissue rearranging so as to avoid having the dent or the divot in the breast. But when you have a larger breasted woman, that's just a perfect opportunity to uh, at least engage ourselves in the southeastern Michigan area with our dedicated breast reconstructive surgeons to work together with us. Have we ever had a patient that was unhappy following that, Bill? I don't think I've had any. No, I, I honestly, the, the only thing that changes them is a radiation to that breast cancer side and where it, it changes that breast and makes it a little firmer. But otherwise, every single one of them is so happy. It's just, it's really changed my approach to, um, uh, to these, at least consult, consulting with these breast patients to tell them that, listen, we're not compromising your breast surgery. We're, we're making you uh, feel better. Your back will feel better. Your, aesthetically, your breasts will probably look better. And you're getting a great cancer operation. I mean, what, how can you deny that? You know, it's, it's actually kind of interesting because I talk to women all the time when we introduce this concept and they almost feel guilty, you know, they feel like I have cancer, but I've kind of always wanted a lift and a reduction. And here I'm going to use the cancer as a reason to do that. And obviously it takes a lot of reassurance that that's nothing to be feel guilty about at all. Exactly. And as I, as I mentioned previously, they, um, are worried that one, is this going to be an adequate cancer operation? And I try to tell them, listen, this is more than adequate. This is the, the best because we're looking at both breasts. Now, you mentioned radiation. It's interesting, and I have a question about that. You know, the radiation does cause changes, and it's important that, that women know that doing the approach via oncoplastic reduction it still does not negate the need for radiation. So we still radiate these women. Do you do anything different one side versus the other when you know the one side's going to get radiated? Well, I try to make 
the other breast slightly smaller because, as you know, when they radiate, radiate doesn't discriminate and it hits the fat cells, uh, the collagen, um, and it will shrink that breast down over time. Um, and because with weight gain, the other breast will get bigger and the radiated breast will not change in size very much. So I try to make it a little bit smaller. It doesn't always work out that way, but mm-hmm. I try to make it a little bit smaller. And same question we had in the last segment with uh, smoking and diabetes. Um, how does that come into play in deciding who is a good candidate for these procedures? So it's the same. Smoking and diabetes um, are, uh, for breast reductions, they're high risk if there's a smoker and a diabetic, and especially if their BMI is high. Those are three um, important signs for me to show, say, hey, you know, you better quit smoking. Um, and if you don't, I mean, maybe you should lose weight before. Uh, so uh, the three, those three, if I have somebody that's coming in for an elective breast reduction, um, not the cancer ones where they have to have it, but if they're coming in for an elective breast reduction, I will not do them if they have those three, um, those three uh, things together with if let's say they're a little bit overweight, they're a heavy smoker, and they're diabetic, they're they're a setup for a wound healing problem. Yeah, and we and we stress that as well in the office with these women. the The most important thing, obviously, is to stop smoking. I mean, that can't be stressed enough in terms of wound healing, risk of anesthesia, um, and uh, you know, it is a challenge. Uh, I, I'm sure for women who have this habit, just like it's a challenge for those of us that like uh, like our pasta to kind of watch our pasta intake too. So. <laughs> Yeah, it I mean, it, it, it is. And, uh, you know, you, you're trying to be more holistic in your approach. You understand that people do have lives that they live and habits that are hard to break. But uh, this has really revolutionized um, our approach to lumpectomy. And if you look at the data nationally, uh, the risk of women who have a lumpectomy needing a second operation because their margins are not clear, it's meaning the tumor cells go right up to the edge. Uh, that risk is about 25%. If you look at surgeons that are dedicated breast-only surgeons, that risk is around 15%. But in the oncoplastic literature, when you're doing these wide excisions, the risk of a positive margin, which will require another operation, is less than 5%. So needless to say, when you take out more tissue, wider margins, uh, you're certainly likely to clear all of those margins. The radiation changes a little bit, only in the sense that uh, nowadays we've been kind of leaning towards doing a shorter course of radiation for women. Uh, But in speaking with many of the radiation oncologists, uh, they're a little uncomfortable doing a shorter course of radiation with the oncoplastic procedures because there's just no data. So women that have the oncoplastic approach usually wind up having more of a traditional uh, 30 to 35 radiation treatments. That's a much slower and lower dose of radiation, which I think uh, really helps with um, cosmesis as well. So that uh, cosmetic outcome is important to all of us, not only the plastic surgeons uh, and the and the breast surgeons. Right. And, and I agree with you that the radiation does change. And as you know, um, some of the, the these people that get lumpectomy with reduction 
or just have lumpectomy themselves, we'll go back and we'll fat graft them. And as as you know, when when we fat graft the radiated breasts, we can change the collagen content and the fatty content in there, and it will make it a little bit more supple. It, it improves the blood supply because it has uh, growth factors, and it actually has some um, vascularity properties to it, which will help with wound healing. So a lot of the radiated, even the lumpectomized um, oncoplastic and just the straight lumpectomy breasts, will fat graft them to increase the the blood supply and the suppleness. And even if they have some contracture um, anywhere from the lumpectomy, that will help it. So that's interesting. So what what is fat grafting? I, I like to refer to it to patients as lipofilling. It sounds a lot softer than fat grafting. But so, so what exactly are you doing when you're doing that? Well, it, pretty much that. I, we liposuction areas and harvest the fat. And there's multiple ways that we harvest. But uh, one of the ways that uh, we like to do is just to harvest the fat, wash it slightly, try to keep as much of the collagen content. Because what we found is that the mesenchymal cell, which is like the, the, the collagen cell of the, of, that goes around the fat globule itself. So we get fat globules and we get these mesenchymal cells or fibroblasts in the mesenchymal cell, which are a collagen cell. And we know that radiation changes the collagen and we know that radiation changes the fat globule. So when we can put both of those in there, it can reverse some of these. And I I tell your, your listeners to go on to adipose derived stem cells. Um, and there's adip- there's also stromal stem cells. And those are the two that we think are in fat. And actually, fat grafting is now, I mean, it is revolutionized everybody's practice from orthopedic surgeons um, that graft degenerative joints to get increased, uh, I I think it's the collagen mainly, but some uh, increase in uh, blood supply. They fat grafted diabetic ulcers in the legs around the periphery with increased wound healing. Uh, and, and we use it cosmetically and we've known and we've fat grafted almost everything you can imagine cosmetically. I've grafted from feet to earlobes, um, you name it, I've done it. But it does help. And there's uh, a lot of literature on how it helps the radiated breast, uh, especially for reconstruction. That's great. That's it's it's stem cell transplant at its earliest, right? Correct, correct. And and as you know, um, one of the beautiful things talking about radiation again is that I've even had people that have lost implants don't want to go to autologous tissue or using their their own back flap or their belly. Um, I'll fat graft them when they've had an infection and lost an implant and they have minimal soft tissue covering over their chest wall. I'll fat graft that chest then bring them back and fat graft them again and put an expander in and then go back and put an implant in. And you'd be amazed at how supple and soft that tissue gets from just the fat grafting when it was almost wood hard before that. That's interesting. And that's that's just so terrific. I know that in France, there's some data about using fat grafting almost in, in and of itself for breast reconstruction. So uh, nice to know that we're doing that uh, same technique, if you will, uh, in the good old U.S. of A. 
<laughs> yeah, we do. We offer it to them. It's just um, you need you need mag- negative pressure with it plus fat grafting. So it's it's a lot more of a procedure, and then you need a couple like multiple procedures to get enough fat in the breast. One of the other nice things about these oncoplastic procedures is they remain outpatient, right? We don't we don't have to keep these patients overnight, right, Bill? No, correct. We do a, a nice uh, block anesthetically, which will last a day or two. And uh, there, it's uh, basically our breast reductions have a recovery of roughly 10 days, 10 to, 10 to 14 days. So they're pretty much back to normal in a week and a half to two weeks as an outpatient. Fantastic. Yeah, that, that's just terrific. And we know from the oncologic side, uh, typically the next step would be radiation or if there is chemotherapy necessary. Uh, that doesn't start for a month. So we have plenty of time for healing, for regaining good range of motion in the arm. Um, it's, again, really revolutionized uh, how we approach uh, breast reconstruction and how we approach breast conservation nowadays. My partner and I, Dr. Gold, Dr. Richardson, we employ uh, oncoplastic in, I'd say, 50, 60% of the lumpectomies that we do now. It, it's terrific. That's fantastic. That really, that is, a, a, it, it's a great idea. And it's, it was a long time coming. Well, I, I could talk forever, but uh, I think we should uh, kind of wrap it up for now. Um, this has been fun and uh, really encompassed, I hope, for our listeners, um, some of the questions that I'm sure come up all the time. Uh, Bill, I can't thank you enough for taking the time to talk to us for an hour. Um, look forward to continue working with you. And certainly maybe we'll do another couple podcasts in the future. Great. Thank you very much for having me. It was, uh, it was wonderful. Terrific. Thanks, Bill. We'd like to thank everybody for listening. Uh, this is the Breast of Everything podcast. Uh, I've been your host for the last two, Dr. Eric Brown. And until next time, we wish you good health. You've been listening to the Breast of Everything podcast with your host and board-certified breast surgeon, Dr. Eric Brown of Comprehensive Breast Care. If you have a subject you would like the surgeons to discuss, please email your suggestions online at compbreastcare.com. That's C-O-M-P-B-R-E-A-S-T-C-A-R-E.com. The doctors want to hear from you. The views, thoughts, and opinions shared in this podcast are intended for general education and informational purposes only and should not be substituted for medical advice, treatment, or care from your physician or healthcare provider. Always consult your healthcare provider first.